It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, this is Jay Harvard with another edition of Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. And my special guest this week is Todd Hudley. Hey, Todd, last, last year you came to City Field uh, um, in part of our alumni program. We nice enough to you. Know, we had a nice conversation with Pete Alonzo. What were your first impressions of meeting Pete? Well, at first, it, it's actually you know how big he is. He's a you know he's a he's a big boy. I don't know his numbers, but I imagine six three, six four, two twenty, two thirty, and um, you know. So then physically, you know, yeah, he's he's a big man. And then it was you know just it was really good to see the level head he had or he has. Um, you know he. Because it's not easy to hit that many home runs um, consistently, and you know, to, and he's got that level head on him. And but <clears throat> the thing that impressed me most about him is he's just he's more of a pure you know hitter. He hits the ball solid the other way, and you know when he has to, you know he can pull it. But he's he's just such a a, a big man, and you know still had a. a a soft front foot and a, you know, quick swing. So I talk about the pressure playing, you know, he wind up hitting 53 home runs his, his rookie season. He broke the record. You would, you would, you would have a tied with uh you would call us Beltron. It's incredible. I mean, that, that, that many home runs, 53 in your first year here. Um, it is incredible. It, it's mind boggling, but yeah, the, the pressure of it, is especially they, in New York, Todd. As you well know, it's, New York is a different city. Yeah, it's constant. It's every, every, basically every second. You know, you can hear about it on the radio, wherever, and um, and to be and uh, you know to be expected to do it and then do it, you know, is a whole different, <laughs> whole different story. You know, if you go and hit whatever 53 by accident you know they know it and they okay we're not going to expect that but when they know how good you are and they expect it again and again and again you know that's a different level of um playing altogether really you got you because you know you the other teams are looking for your holes in your swing all the time they've got scouts on you you know the teams that you're going to play in a couple days their scouts are there they're looking for holes in your swing and so you have to just keep adjusting, you know, to their to the pitchers, and and still be productive. And that's what is, um, you know, really impressive about him, especially being so young that he has the patience. He's patient enough to to you know take the walk when he has to. Todd, your career, you came up at twenty years old in uh, in nineteen ninety, your second round draft pick, and. And and it didn't go great for you in the beginning. So could you, you know, how how long did it really take you to adjust to, you know, playing in New York and being a clean, you know, what, what are the expectations of being a second round draft? 
Yeah, playing, you know, in New York was, it took probably, it was probably about three years, you know, till I was um, 100% comfortable, three, four years. Um, you know, I, got, I knew the city, you know, and, you know, once guys get to know the city and where they are, it's, it's amazing, you know, the, the difference that it makes. It makes you feel like you're more at home. So once I got, you know, like that, then I could relax and just, you know, and just play. Um, but the, the, the hitting, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I wasn't never known, uh, you know, for my hitting. And, and when I first came up, I was, wasn't a good hitter at all. And, you know, and, and kind of learned at the big league level how to hit. And, um, with Tom McCraw, you know, as our hitting coach, then um, without him, I did, I wouldn't be anywhere. You know, I probably would have been out of the lineup a long time ago. Uh, but Mac kept working with me and and um, and had confidence in me, and you know, he really turned me around. I know a big guy who's who has helped you in the early part of career. Can't be wrong. You came up from Jackson in '90. Clint Hurdle was your manager there. I know yeah. Clint played a big part here. Get you started. He did. Clint was. Um, I had a, a great time with Clint. Everybody does, really. He's he's you know he's a players manager. He he makes it. He he understands the grind, so he makes it you know as fun as as he can. Um, he he has a great personality, and um, you know and it, as hot as it gets in Jackson Mississippi in the summertime you know it's it's tough to to get the extra work and the early hitting and so on and so forth uh, but with Clint you know he was in such great shape at the time we would go out and you know he'd throw an hour of batting practice you know early at, at one two o'clock in the afternoon when it was 102 degrees out with 100 percent humidity you know and so he put that that effort in, and that's you know how I just got better, you know, just putting in the the, the time and the reps with um, with Clint and and we we had a great team that summer also. Yeah, Tommy, I know you told me maybe I have my facts straight up. Did you have a conversation with 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 Dallas Green one time? Did he wanted to change your hitting style? He said, "Give me a chance to hit my way, and if it doesn't work out, I'll do your way." Maybe I got my facts straight. It wasn't that a, some kind of yeah. company you had with Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Dallas. He came and, and said, and I and I I love Dallas. He but um, he wanted me to choke up on the bat and and hit the ball the other way. So okay. So Tom McCraw and I, you know, started doing that in in the batting cage and so on and so forth, and it just did not feel good at all to me just didn't feel comfortable so i went to dallas and I, you know i said skip i'm sorry but i just i can't do this i can't i can't hit like this and if i'm gonna go down meaning if you're gonna send me down back down to triple a or release me or trade me you know i gotta go down my way and and if i don't you know I, it'll be tough to live with myself and and dallas said I get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. So he said, but okay, then you're going to sit on the bench for two weeks if you're not going to choke up and do yeah, do what we ask. I said, all right, that's fine. Then I, I'm going to have to sit on the bench. So I sat on the bench, and 
after about yeah about 10 days he called me back in you know and said um you know what do you think da, da. and i said well how about this deal skip how about if i get two hits a night and this was by this time it's late august in the season and i said skip if i get two hits a night can i play the next day and he said yeah that's a deal and and I actually, Jay, they wanted me to go to a smaller bat. They wanted me to go to a 33-inch bat and and slap, slap it the other way. And I actually went to a bigger bat, went to a 35-inch bat, 35-and-a-half-inch bat, <clears throat> and got right on top of the plate and, and just started to pull everything. So it basically took the outside corner of the plate away from the pitcher, and which was well, I had, the whole plate was was bad for me, but you know those were the tough pitches that on me were the ones down the way, and so I just went to a bigger bat. Todd, let's jump ahead. Uh, September nineteen ninety six, you're chasing Roy Campanella's record, most home runs by a catcher. You know, Roy is an icon in New York, great Brooklyn Dodger catcher. How much pressure did you feel that before you finally hit number forty one against? Uh, uh, Greg McMichael and the Braves. Yeah, it, it was. Um, uh, there was a, a ton of pressure, you know. Jay, um, through the summer, as the summer was going, um, you know, obviously, I never thought I'd ever hit close to forty-one home runs. Um, uh, Bernard Gilkey and Lance Johnson, you know, had uh, joined the team that winter, and in right from from day one in spring training. All three of us got along real well, and and basically pushed. We pushed each other, you know, and we ma- just made each other better players. So, you know, as the summer was going, it's kind of like, yeah, I knew I had, you know, some home runs, so on and so forth, and and but again, I was just concentrating more with, uh, with Bernard and 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 Lance, and then I remember we were in. I think it was Pittsburgh, and after I hit a home run, and then after the game, you know, we had whatever uh, month left, and I was ten away. And Jay, you came up and and told me about it, and you know that hey, you know about Roy Campanella's record, so on and so forth, and and it, and it just took me back. It took me, I just I was like, holy cow! I, I you know, no, because I I would never think my name would ever be said in the same sentence as Roy Campanella. And when, uh, you know, you told me that, and then it started to, yeah, the media started to pick up on it, and it was, you know, I just had to change my, kind of change my schedule a little bit to give the media more time, you know, during the right, day. Right, I remember that. You know, was a- you know, remember? And, yeah, and we just had to give them whatever, maybe another extra half hour or hour. And um, and then talking to to Roy's um, wife, and she that was that like, Rexy. Her name was. Yeah, she passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gave me her blessing, and in in L.A. And um, yeah, that after I talked to her, and she gave me her blessing, then it took a, it took a lot of pressure off, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and then it was just play there was a lot of good catch it and Javi Lopez wound up getting a couple more than you but that always be <laughs> yeah. record book in 97 Todd you hit 30 home runs you know two you make an all-star team but then it really at the end of 97 you hurt your elbow right that cut yep. you 
You had surgery? Yeah, I um, blew out um, my ligament. Um, it it had been kind of, you know, fraying for a couple years. And, um, and then that one night, uh, I swung at a pitch, um, and I swung and, and missed like I did a lot. And my elbow just, you know, I felt something pop and I couldn't feel my hand. And I was kind of, I was walking around and the umpires were going, Hey, Todd, what are you doing? And I'm just trying to get my feeling back in my hands, you know? And I looked down and there was a uh, big old spike still in the grass, you know, from batting practice. So I'm looking for, you know, time to stall. And I told the umpire, I'm like, hey, man, there's a, there's a big old spike right here from batting practice. And, oh, yeah. So he pulls it up and da-da-da. And I still can't move my hand. So, and that was strike one. And um, so then I took, you know, two more swings and struck out and I get back to the dugout and Fred Hina, the trainer at the time, and you know, he knew about my elbow and I said, I think it's done. And um he's like, All right. I said, but hang on, let me go out here to let me go catch, throw it back to the pitcher, see what happens. And he's like, All right. So I go back out and go throw it back, couldn't make it halfway back to the mound. And pitcher was like, What are you doing? And I was like, just throw me another one. I tried it again, couldn't make it back. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. And then you had surgery. So let me jump into 98. You know, I, I remember you didn't start to play that year in uh, until July. But then in May, the Mets pick get Mike Piazza. You know, I, I what was your – when we made the trade, Todd, what was your feel? You knew something was not going to be the same, right? We, we got Mike came over. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you get a player of – of that caliber um i mean he was he was just you know awesome as a being you know competing against him you know you've got that competitive drive and so on you want to beat him so on and so forth but with mike it was just like man this guy is is you know just special he's he's that he's just one of those those players that don't come along very often and especially at the catcher's position um and you know and so and as a person i mean we, we got along fine mike mike is a great guy and and you know we had a good time and so yeah and uh, business-wise you know for the mets that's the best thing they could have done he, you he, know so i i left I field right he tried to go out to left field yeah you know so then i just doing doing rehab and and I said to Bobby Valentine, I said, you know, hey, Bobby, if I, you know, could because, you know, watching these guys in the outfield, they make it look so easy. You know, I said, you know, can I try the outfield? And he's like, yeah, go, you know, go down to minor leagues and check it out. And it was just a lot tougher than yeah. um, I expected, you know, again. A lot tougher than than I thought it would be, and after a while, I just went and said to Bobby, "I said, Bobby, I'm not helping this team at all. So you know, you can take me out of the lineup if you want." And he said, "Okay." And then the I trade, and then the, that which I could get traded to Dodgers. But looking, but back, Todd, it was a you know a, a great Mets career, you, you know, a record year, you know, and the fans loved you. You always never shunned an autograph. You always liked to BS with the people in the stands. Remember, you had your own fan club. I mean, so overall, playing in New York was a great experience for you, right? Nine years you were there. Uh, 
Oh yeah, it was yeah. The people, the people in New York are um, <laughs> they're a special breed, and and you know exactly where you stand with them. And again, that just after you know the couple years um, doing that, and you know getting to know the fans, and and it that you know just made me more comfortable also um, in New York. And and the fans, yeah, the fans were are are great are great people there and it, it it was um yeah it was just it was a great experience the mets are one of the classiest organizations in baseball and it um but i tell you what though jay what was most incredible and i know this is but you would come in so then long story short you know, it's say if I if I forgot to leave tickets for somebody, well, so then I have a Jay, big head. Jay would, yeah. <laughs> so Jay would come. You know, Jay, you'd be walking through the clubhouse, and I'd say, "Hey, Jay, I forgot to leave these tickets. You know, yeah. uh, I need two tickets for whatever." And be, you'd be like, "Okay," and I'd watch you walk away, and I'd see every other player asking you about. I had something yellow pieces of paper tied. I used to stuff them in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, say that I know better. Yeah. Jay. Well, and then I, I would sit there and think, "There's no way it's going to get done," but you got it done every day. No way. No way. I would stuff them in my pockets, <laughs> and I remember I, I forgot some things, but not most. <laughs> no, <laughs> you didn't, Jay. You were the. You are the absolute best. Yeah. Well, I'd be a good guy, Todd. And it'd be before before we go, you were number nine for your dad. Randy was a top catcher with the Cubs. You know, and I knew was it true? Did you grow up a Met fan, even though you're in Chicago? Uh, Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson was my hero. Um, but then in you know, Mets win it in '86, and and then the next year, you know, I got drafted by him, and I was I was a fan. Of the Mets, did you ever? Did you ever kid your dad about the, you know the '69 Mets beat the Cubs? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, all the time, and and it was just a, a different time, you know, um, then, and uh, and you know, then once you see when the Cubs did win the World Series, how these fans are, you know, then it kind of all makes sense. Did your dad ever tell you the story about the Black Cat in Shea Stadium? With a black cat. Oh, yeah. Came in front of the dugout and kind of spooked the Cubs. You know, you know, but, yeah. But those were, We've those. got that in his basement of, of his house. That is all. It, it was on a picture the, of the cat the walking in front of the dugout. Yeah. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It was, uh, it's all, yeah, documented on our basement wall. Well, <laughs> Mr. Hunter, you're a good friend all these years, and I appreciate you joining us. And, you know, stay healthy and. Hopefully, in, you know, when the time's a little bit more quieter, we can get together and see you again. I enjoyed your visit to City Field last year, and, and hope we can do it again in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely, Jay. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks again, Pop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 